Chapter thirty three of Nobody's Man by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Roy. Chapter thirty three. There followed days of sullen battle for talent, a battle with luck against him, with his back to the wall, with despair, more than once yawning at his feet. The house in Charles Street was closed. There had come no word to him from Jane, no news even of her departure except the somewhat surprised reply of Parkins, when he had called on the following afternoon. Her ladyship left for Devonshire, sir, by the 10.50 train. Tallente went back to the fight with those words ringing in his ears. He had deliberately torn to pieces his house of refuge. Success or failure, what did it matter now? Yet, with the dogged courage of one loathing failure for failure's own sake, he flung himself into the struggle. On the fifth day after Jane's departure, the thunderbolt fell. Tallente's article was printed in full, and the weaker members of the Democratic Party shouted at once for his resignation. At a question cunningly framed by Dartrey, Tallente rose in the House to defend his position, and acting on the soundest axiom of military tactics, that the best defense is attack he turned upon miller and with caustic deliberation exposed the plot framed for his undoing he threw caution to the winds and though repeatedly and gravely called to order he poured out his scorn upon his enemy till the latter white as a sheep rose to demand the protection of the speaker there were very few in the house that day who ever forgot the almost terrifying spectacle of miller's collapse under his adversaries hurricane assault, or the proud and dignified manner in which Tallent concluded his own defense. But this was only the first step. The labor press throughout the country took serious alarm at an attack which, though out of date and influenced by conditions no longer predominant, yet struck a very lusty blow at the very existence of their great nervous centers. Miller, as chairman of the Associated Trades Unions, issued a manifesto which, notwithstanding his declining influence, exercised considerable effect. It seemed clear that he could rely still upon a good ninety votes in the House of Commons. Horlock became more cheerful. He met Tallent leaving the House one windy March evening, and the two men shared a taxi together, westwards. "'Looks to me like another year of office, thanks to you,' the Prime Minister observed. Linton tells me that we shall have a majority of forty on Thursday week. It is Thursday week. You're going for us again, isn't it? Many things may happen before then, Talent replied with a little affirmative nod. Dartrey may decide that I am too expensive a luxury and make friends with Miller. I don't think that's likely, Horlock pronounced. Dartrey is a fine fellow, although he is not a great politician. He is out to make a radical and solid change in the government of this country, and he knows very well that Miller's gang will only be a dead weight around his neck. He'd rather wait until he has weaned away a few more votes, even get rid of Miller, if he can, and stick to you. I think you are right, Tallent said. I am keeping the Democrats from a present triumph. But if through me they shake themselves free from what I call the little laborites, I think things will pan out better for them in the long run. And in the meantime, Horlock went on, lighting a cigar and passing his case to Tallent, I must give you the credit of playing a magnificent lone hand. 
i expected to see miller fall down in a fit when you went for him in the house if only his army of adherents could have heard that little duel i think you'd have won straight through unfortunately they couldn't tallente sighed and it's so hard to capture the attention to reach the inner understanding of a great mixed community it's a curious thing about englishmen horlock reflected especially the englishman who has to vote the most eloquent appeals on paper often leave him unmoved a perfectly convincing pamphlet he lays down with the feeling that no doubt it's all right but there must be another side it's the spoken words that tell every time what about miller's election next week a great deal depends upon that tallente replied miller himself says that it is a certainty on the other hand saunderson is going to be proposed and with dartrey's influence should have a pretty good backing they travelled on in silence for a short time tallente looked idly through the rain-streaming window at the block of traffic the hurrying passers-by the cheerful warmth of the shops and restaurants you take life too seriously tallente his companion said a little abruptly do i tallente answered with a thin smile you do indeed look at me i haven't a line on my face as compared with yours and i've held together a patchwork government for five years i don't know when i may be kicked out and i know perfectly well that the government which succeeds mine is going to undo all i have done and is going to establish a state of things in this country which i consider nothing short of revolutionary i am not worrying about it tallente the fog of downing street stinks sometimes in my nostrils but i have a little country house you must come and see me there some day down in buckinghamshire one of these long low bungalow types you know with big gardens two tennis courts and a golf course just across the river my wife spends most of her time there now and every weekend when i go down i think what a fool i am to waste my time trying to hold a reluctant nation to principles they are thoroughly sick of tell you can turn me out whenever you like the day i settle down for two or three months rest is going to be one of the happiest of my life you have a wonderful temperament tallente remarked a little sadly temperament be damned was the forceful reply i have done my best when you said those four words tallente any man ought to have philosophy enough to add whatever the result may be it isn't going to be my funeral look at you haggard losing weight every day poring over papers scheming planning writing articles pouring out the great gift of your life twice as fast as you need no one will thank you for it it's quite enough to give half your soul and the joy of living to work for others keep something up your sleeve for yourself tallente mark you that's the soundest thing in twentieth-century philosophy you'll ever hear of corner of Church street right for you eh tallente held out his hand horlock he said thank you i know you're right but unfortunately i am not like you i haven't an idyllic retreat a charming companion waiting for me there a life outside that's so wonderful i am driven on because there's nothing else horlock laid his hand upon his companion's shoulder his tone was suddenly grave amply sympathetic my friend and enemy he said if that is so i'm sorry for you End of 
chapter thirty two